that you see all fits together. In the very next verse, in verse 10, it says that the disciples came to him and asked, why do you speak to the people in parables? In other words, that was their question. Why are you speaking in parables, not what it means? Now, I doubt that this was the first parable that he had spoken. He had done this before. But it says up here in the passage we just read that he told them many things in parables. It's probably that he's going on and on and on, one parable right after the other. And they're confused because they've never been inundated with so many parables, and they're not right, really sure why it is that he's doing it this way. And so they're curious as to why is it that you're speaking to the people in parables? Now he gives the answer. Now watch in verse 11. He replied, because the knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you, but not to them. The knowledge of the secrets of the kingdom of heaven has been given to you, but not to them. Now, the them are the Jewish leaders who are standing there listening. And so you raises the question, why not them, and what does this mean? In order to understand that, you have to understand what happened in the previous chapter, and we're not going to go back into that. I'm Just let me briefly tell you what happened. The Jewish leaders have come to the point now in the ministry of Jesus where they have utterly and completely rejected him. In the previous chapter, after he's teaching and healing, he had healed a person, and the Jewish leaders stand up and just basically say, we've come to the conclusion that your power comes from the devil, that you come, it comes from Beelzebub, they call it, and that you're not who you say you are, you're a fraud, and this is where your power comes from. And it's interesting because at that point now is where he begins to talk in parables, and this is the reason why. Because of their final, complete, and utter rejection, it had come to that point. And basically what he's saying is this, that their hearts are not ready to hear. They're not ready. So I'm speaking in parables so that they don't even have enough information to debate me. Don't want to even argue with them anymore. I just want them to go away because I'm turning to you who are listening, who, whose hearts are open, and I'm giving it to you. This is the reason he's speaking in parables. Now look at this, this verse, and it's interesting, in verse 15, because he's talking about these Jewish leaders, and here's what he says. He says, For this people's heart has become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears, and they have, they have closed their eyes. They hardly hear with the ears and they've closed their eyes. Their hearts are calloused. There's nothing more I can do for them. He goes on to say, Otherwise they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn, and I would heal them. Now see, he's not saying to them, I reject you for some arbitrary reason. He's basically saying this, that they have closed their ears, they've closed their eyes, their hearts are calloused, they're not receptive, they aren't listening, and they have now totally rejected me. So I'm speaking in parables now because I don't even want to give them enough information to even argue with me anymore. And I'm turning to you, those whose hearts are open, who will listen to me. And if you'll recall back in chapter 12, this is where he makes that statement where he says that I can forgive anything but blasphemy. He says, because once you've done this and completely rejected me, there's no other forgiveness. It's done for. He said, you can't be forgiven if you totally reject me. It's over with. 
Now, the Spirit of God can do anything and soften the hardest heart. And maybe some of them later on came to him. But at this period of his ministry, he turns his attention away from the Jewish leaders who have rejected him, hard-hearted, and he's turning to people whose hearts are soft and pliable and open and ready to receive. And it's in that setting now that he gives this parable. They've just done this, and now he gives this parable. And it says here, let me go back now to chapter 13, verse 1, and just read. It says, that same day, Jesus went out of the house and began to preach to them parables. That same day that the Pharisees rejected him, that same day he started talking in parables. So the parable that you're going to be looking at today and we're going to be talking about is a, is a direct result of what just took place. And what he does is this. He gives them this parable about four different types of soil which represent people's hearts. And he's basically saying, well, let me teach you something, those of you that are listening and want to hear, and hide it from them because... I'm done with them. He said there's four different types of soil here in this parable representing four different types of people, their heart condition. Three of them are not good and one of them is. He said you're going to have to decide which category you fall into. And so the same appeal is for you today. You're going to have to take a good look at yourself and decide and let God show you which category do I fall into. Because this is just not about heaven and hell. This is not just about a person receiving the gospel. Jesus was teaching them about everything. The mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. It wasn't just about salvation. He was telling them about who God is. He was telling them about what heaven is like, what sin is, what's expected of them, what he can do for them, how he will bless them. He's he's laying it all out there. And they have rejected him. And so... Whether or not you are in the position to receive what God has for you is going to depend on your heart condition and whether it is soft and pliable or not. Now, let me share with you before we get into the looking at the explanation of this passage, two very important points that I want you to remember. These are very important, so just pay attention, okay? Number one is this. The condition of your heart determines your spiritual growth and fruitfulness. The condition of your heart right now where you sit, this is true for Christians, is going to determine to what degree you are fruitful in your Christian life, how well you grow, to what degree you mature in your faith in your Christian life. It all boils down to this, my heart, my openness, or my closed-mindedness. Now, here's the second thing that I want to point out to you, and listen to this. The condition of your heart is your responsibility. The condition of your heart is your responsibility. Because, you see, this is the teaching here. He's saying you've got to look at yourself and decide who you are. These guys are, are the hardest of all. He said somewhere in between there, we, everybody falls into one of these categories. And let me say this. The categories change depending on your stage in life. You think back to yourself. One time there may have been a a point in time where your heart was open and you were walking with the Lord so faithfully. But what has happened? Somewhere along the line something happened. Well, we're going to see. 
Maybe you have, your life now is characterized by one of these soil conditions, or heart conditions. Well, you need to know that. You need to recognize it and you need to take the steps to correct it. Because if you don't, then you're not going to be fruitful and you're not going to go on and maturing as a Christian the way God would have you to do. And so many times as believers, we, we stumble in our faith, our walk with the Lord for various reasons. And um, we, we become stunted spiritually. And maybe you, that's where you are today. You look at your spiritual life and you think to yourself, what has happened to me? You know, what has happened to me? Because it used to be that I was excited about the Lord and I was open and I was, I was obedient and walking with the Lord so faithfully. But what has happened to me over the years? Well, today, perhaps you can identify your problem in one of these four soils that he gives us here in this parable representing our heart you know when um john the baptist came on the scene and began to preach and teach he basically the bible says was the the one that prepared the way for christ and what he was doing was basically what i'm challenging you with here today he was coming to people and saying to them are you ready see are you ready are you ready to hear are you ready to listen are you ready to obey because god has all this for you, it is unimaginable. And are you ready to receive it? He was basically saying, get your heart ready. Because he's right here, he stands at the door and he's coming. And the Lamb of God is here and you better be ready to listen. And so that was his job. And this is what we're we're really looking at today, okay? Getting our heart ready for whatever God has for us individually. So let's begin the application of what we're talking about in this parable, because Jesus, after he talked to the disciples about the reason he was speaking in parables, now explains that parable to them. So we're going to be looking at verses 18 and 19. The seed that fell upon the path is the first one that we're going to be looking at. He says in verses 18 and 19, Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. When someone hears the message about the kingdom, and does not understand it, the evil one comes and snatches away what was sown in their heart. This is the seed sown along the path. Now, let's think about this, okay? Let's, let's look at the, the imagery, the picture. What is characteristic about a pathway? You think about this. You may have a pathway through your garden. What is characteristic about the pathway? What is so different about it? Well, yeah, it's packed down. It's hard earth. It's been walked on. The seed lands on it and it doesn't even get germinated because it can't get its roots down into the soil. And eventually the birds come and get it. He said there are hearts like this. Now, here's what you've got to ask. Okay, is this where I am right now? See, As a Christian, is this where I am? Watch. The hard, calloused heart. So many of us have been hurt over the years. We've been hurt by people who have abused us. We've been hurt by people that have misused us and treated us poorly. And our hearts are so calloused that we're guarding ourselves. We don't let people in. We don't, we don't show love. And we're not very good at receiving love because we don't trust anybody. And to me, as I think about this, this would be characteristic of someone who's, who's represented by the past. They're hard, and it doesn't matter what is spoken to you. It doesn't matter what is read to you. It doesn't matter what the Spirit of God is impressing upon you. It's like you have put up this wall, 
and you will not let anybody in because you have been hurt. And you know what else? Some of us have been hurt by God. And we've become hard and cold and calloused because of that. If you've ever lost a child, man, that's hard. And how many of us haven't lifted our fist toward God and said, why? Why are you letting this happen? Why is this happening? And we end up becoming cold and calloused and hard-hearted toward God because of what we're enduring in this life. And you'd be amazed at the number of of believers who go through this. They're hard, they're cold, they're skeptical, they're disappointed, they're arrogant. I don't need anybody, I don't want anybody, I don't have to be loved, I don't need to love anybody. And all because for some reason along the way they've become hurt very deeply. And guys, let me tell you something, we all, we all get hurt. People hurt us, we get mad at God, that's just part of life, we do. The problem is this, that we allow that hurt to continue on and we don't forgive very easily. We don't forgive, we don't let it go, we don't put it behind us. And what what the Lord is trying to get you to see is this, that when you have that heart condition, you are not going to go on in maturity. There are so many things that God wants to do and to show you and how he wants to bless you that you will never experience. Because your heart is cold, hard, and indifferent. And God is pounding on it, trying to open it up, and and you just don't. And maybe that's where you are. Life has been cruel to you. Maybe life hasn't turned out the way you wanted it to. And so you've got to ask yourself, then am I going to continue on in this hard-hearted condition where I'm so spiritually insensitive that nothing gets through? Or am I going to do something about it? Because you see, it seems to me that if the, if the parable, the point of it is, is this, that I've got to let that soil loosen up somehow. I've got to loosen up. I've got to allow my heart to become tender again. I've got to become softened. I've got to become pliable. How am I going to do that? There has to come a point in time where you can, are convinced that the way you get there is by taking a baby step at a time in obedience to what God has already told you. And sometimes that's hard. For example, it's going to be hard to forgive somebody that's hurt you, but yet God says to do it. You know? Somebody that's talked about you, somebody that has stolen from you, somebody that broke up your marriage, somebody that broke up your home. How do you forgive somebody for that? But until you do, your heart remains hardened. And there has to come a point in time where you take a step of faith and you say, I can forgive. I may not be a very loving person, but I know that I have to begin to do that. I have to begin to show love to people. And so you take a step of faith in somebody that maybe you don't really love or don't care about. You reach out to that person in obedience because God has told you to do it. And you begin to do it and so you love that person. Maybe when this relationship with God and your bitterness toward God, you let go because you have to come to the point where you don't have an answer for why God did what he did. And he's not planning on giving you one. So the question then becomes, am I going to trust you or not? And at some point in time, we have to turn around and we have to look at God and we have to say, okay, I'm hurt and I don't understand it. 
but I'll have to trust you. And so right now, with an act of my will, I choose to let it go, and I trust you. Because somehow, as I begin to move back toward God, taking these baby steps of faith, as much as it may pain me to do it, but I do it anyway, God begins to soften my heart. And then it's almost, it almost becomes like a, a self-feeding thing. In other words, the softer my heart gets, the more seed, the more of the word that gets in, the more obedient I become, and it's like a snowball. And all of a sudden, life changes. It changes. Because I took a step of obedience and went back toward God instead of, instead of running away from God, like so many of us do. And so the challenge is very simple. You know, it's your choice. Are you going to remain hard-hearted and cold? Or are you going to soften your heart by moving back toward God? And it may take some time. But begin. Begin with forgiveness. Because I'll guarantee you, if your heart is hardened, somebody has probably hurt you. And it could be somebody in the church, a Christian somewhere, a preacher. It could be anything. But at some point in time in your life, you're going to have to, to move back and let it go. Let's move on. The second type of ground is this. Sometimes the seed falls on rocky ground. This is a condition of a person's heart. Well, what is it? Well, let's read. It says in verses 20 and 21, the seed falling on rocky ground refers to somebody who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since they have no root, they last only a short time. And when trouble or persecution comes, Because of the word, they quickly fall away. All right, so this is a picture of the garden again. You're sowing the seed in the garden, and some of it falls on the path, and then some of it falls over here on the rocks. And there's very little dirt between the rocks, and it springs up pretty quickly. But there's no root. There's no room for the roots to get get into the soil. And so it dies out very quickly. I can't tell you the number of times over the years that I've encountered Christians like this. Man, they get off to a good start and they're all excited about the Lord only to find that a couple of months down the road you can't find them. And, you know, what happened to you? And it's just a mark of immaturity and shallow faith. They're not, I'm not saying they're not believers. I'm saying their faith is shallow. It hasn't grown. It hasn't matured. And sometimes you fall into that category. And it may be that you're not there today, but you could be there a year from now. Because you see, unless I as a Christian continually am nurturing the plant, so to speak, am I getting the the soil to the plant, then I'm going to become that person. People ask, you know, why is it so important that I study the Bible? Well, here's the reason. You've got to nurture the plant. And if your soil is such that there's no room in your life for Bible study, there's no room or time in your life for prayer, There's no room or time in your life for coming to church and fellowshipping with other believers and worshiping together. There's no room or time in your life to serve or to give or to help or to love or any of these things. Then rest assured what you have at this point as far as spiritual maturity, you'll lose it. It'll just die. It'll wither up. And it all goes back to the condition of my heart. The condition of my heart. Because you see, as long as I keep telling myself that I don't need this, I don't see the need, I don't have to read the Bible, I don't have to have a quiet time, I don't have to do all these things, then you're going to probably wither up and die 
And you're going to miss out on so many things that God has for you. So many things. The fruitfulness. I can't imagine what all that means. We'll talk about it here in a minute when we get to the good soil. But so many things that you're going to miss out on simply because you didn't want to take the time or didn't see a priority in organizing your life in such a way that the study and the pursuit of God becomes important to you. And so the ground is very shallow and the roots just don't get going. Here's the third kind of soil, though, and that is the seed that fell among the thorns. It says in verse 22, the seed falling among the thorns refers to someone who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choke the word, making it unfruitful. So here's an individual. The uh, the seed gets going. It's growing. The, the, the heart is there, but there's too many other things within the heart that choke out the spiritual things. Spiritual life is choked out in this particular context, it says, by worries and greed. Worries about everything in life and the greed that consumes everything that I do. I'm never satisfied with what I've got. I'm never content, so I'm always pursuing that instead of the Lord. I worry about everything to such a degree that it consumes every waking moment instead of the Lord. It's the affairs of life. It's the, it's just living this life. It's like living among thorns. They're always sticking here and sticking there. Everything that you can imagine that you would worry about and be concerned about in life, everything that you have allowed to come into your life to become priorities instead of your relationship with the Lord. And we do it. We we do it. It it may not be that you do it now, but maybe a year from now, this is where you're going to be. And you've got to be able to stop and back up and say, how in the world did I get here? I used to. You know, I get so... I don't get tired of it, but it it amazes me the number of people that I hear in the course of a ministry, a course of life, people say, man, I used to be this. And my question is, then why don't you go back to that? I used to be teaching Sunday school. I used to be in the choir. I used to be doing this. And it was so much better then than it is now for me in my Christian life. Then go back to that. What happened to you? Somehow things just got in the way. And you've convinced yourself that you don't have time to study or pray or go to church or give or do anything. And to correct it, you know, it's your decision. It's your decision because your heart has to change and you have to become this type of soil yourself. And then God says, now I can grow the seed there. But you have to change it by making decisions that you may not feel like doing, but you know you need to. And so you make those decisions to spend more time with the Lord, to get get things out of your life that are cluttering things up and allow the Word of God to take root in your life. Let's move on. In the, the fourth or the final one is, of course, the good ground. Now listen to this and how it's described. He says in verse 23, but the seed falling on good soil refers to someone who hears the Word and understands it 
This is the one who produces a crop yielding a hundred or sixty or thirty times what was sown. Now notice right off the bat that he's talking about people, their lives are growing fruitfully in different measures because everybody's different. It's good soil. It's growing, but people are growing at different rates. Some people, the word of God hits their lives and man, they just explode in fruitfulness and faith and walking with the Lord and their lives are changed forever. Others, maybe they're coming along a little more slowly, but at least they're growing and their hearts are, are pliable. They're open. They're soft and God's doing his thing in their lives. And the Bible says they are fruitful. In every way. Just think about what this might mean. Fruitful in every way. What is that? Well, we know from Galatians it talks about the fruit of the Spirit. That would be one thing. Their lives are characterized by that. Peace and love and joy and all of the things that are mentioned there. Wouldn't you want that permanently, regularly in your life? Their lives are fruitful in the sense that, you know, everybody that they come in contact with, they affect in some way. They're bearing fruit. So many things that, that, that go into that little basket called fruitfulness. And that's what he's saying. He says, look, they're growing like crazy. Maturing as, as, as Christians, they're spiritually growing. This is the person that wants to know God more intimately. This is the person that is growing like crazy and his priorities are right. And this is where all of us should be. And again, you may not be there now, but a year from now you could be. But it all goes back to this decision that you're going to have to make. To stop doing what you're doing and change your life. Make decisions that are going to take me back toward God and soften my heart rather than pulling me away from God and hardening it. And so it's going to be different for everybody what that means. But let me share with you a couple of things here in closing that I've jotted down. If I were to have to ask, if I were to have to answer the question, how am I going to prepare my heart? If, if this is the, the, what I, God is telling me to become the good soil, something that's going to produce the fruit and as the seed falls on it, then how, how do I get there? How do I get to that kind of soil? And all I did was jot down a couple of things that came to mind. You could probably think through some better answers, some different answers. Let me share with you what I've got. First of all, I think that you need to be in a, you need to be, uh, confessing. Uh, first of all, there has to be confession. In other words, to admit to yourself and to God, okay, this is who I am. This is the soil that I am. That's me, God. I'm hard-hearted. Or that's me, God. I've let everything in life rise up and, and just smother out you in my life. I'll admit it. That's me. Because until you can admit it, you can't correct it. So you acknowledge then who you are. Things that are going on that shouldn't be there. You're just pouring out your heart to God. The second thing is this. And this is kind of a tricky one. But just listen to me and I'll explain it. You need to give God a blank check on your life. You need to give God a blank check and say, this is my life, God. Now fill in what you want. Blank check already signed and say to God, just fill it in. You see, there's something about 
our commitment to the Lord. For so many of us, our commitment goes something like this. I will do, 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 I'll, I'll change, I'll do, if, if you do this for me, or if that doesn't happen over there. I'll serve you if I have the time, or if I have the money. And God is saying, look, the right kind of heart, the one that's going to take the seed and grow like crazy and change and, and be fruitful, is the heart that comes to me with nothing, <laughs> no demands. You just come and say, okay, God, I surrender. I give up. You take my life because I trust you. I trust you. And whenever you, through your Holy Spirit, tell me to do something, and this is the third thing, I'll obey. I'll confess. I'll give you the blank check on my life. And when you say move, I'll move. When you say do, I'll do. When you say speak, I'll speak. Because, God, I don't want to be that person anymore. I don't want to be this kind of person. If it means going and forgiving somebody that has hurt me, then I will forgive. If it means doing a quiet time and allowing your Holy Spirit every day in the quietness of the moment to teach me, I'll do it. I'll make time for it. Lord, if it means spending more time with other believers, then I'll do it. I'll rid my life of all the clutter and I'll do it. Because you see, I want to be that kind of ground. So that when I hear your word, either spoken or I read it, or the Holy Spirit just impresses it upon me, whatever, I want that seed to germinate. And I want to grow. And Lord, I want to be fruitful. And guys, let me tell you something. When the Bible talks about God pouring out the blessings of heaven, I want that. I do. And I think you do too. But the only way we get it is by changing our heart and allowing God to do his thing in us. So then it all boils down to this. Here at the close. Where are you in this? How would you evaluate yourself? Which soil would you be? Because you've got to change this in order to achieve the goal. Change the soil to get the result. If I am this kind of soil, then I've got to make some decisions to become different and believe that the Spirit of God is going to then change my life and make me fruitful. But my job is to change the soil. So what is it? I'm giving you three kinds of bad soil here. And I'll guarantee you that every one of us would fall into one of those categories. Otherwise, you would have given four or five of them. But which are you? And maybe right now you think to yourself, hey, I'm doing pretty well. I'm the good soil. I am walking with the Lord, and I am, I am blessed beyond measure, and I am so close and so full of God right now, more so than ever in my life. Praise the Lord. But for some of you, maybe you're not. I want to bow our heads and close our eyes for just a moment. And this is where you need to do some business with God. And as God reveals to you the soil that you are, and God impresses upon you that you are hard and cold and indifferent, or that you have allowed other things to creep into your life to smother out His dealing in your life, whatever that case may be, then you're going to have to do some business here. And so as we bow here together, just take this time and say, 
and, and we go down the line. Okay, Lord, this is who I am. This is what I'm doing. This is how I have gotten into this predicament. I'm guilty. Then deal with it. But there has to come a point in your life where you turn back to God and say, Okay, Lord, it's going to take a great deal of faith, but here's what I'm going to do. Here's my life. And I will do what you say. I will do whatever you say. Are you there yet? If you're happy living spiritually in the condition you are, then more power to you. But as your pastor, I beg you to change. Because I want God's blessing on your life as much as you do. But in order to have it, we, all of us, we have to change the soil. Our Heavenly Father, as we bow here before you, Father, I'm overcome with the reality that we just go through life so often. And we don't really affect life, it affects us. And Lord, we just let things happen with no thought about the consequences. And one day we look up and we're so far away from you, we don't know how we got here. But Father, we want to be that person that is producing fruit, spiritual fruit in our lives. And Lord, and to get there, we need to change us. So, Lord, that's what we're asking, that you help us. You help us as we take steps back toward you to regain that intimacy. That, Father, our hearts will soften every step of the way. And that, Lord, you will change us. And, Lord, make life worth living. Because for some of us, it just isn't. Open up the windows of heaven and pour out your blessings on your people. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.